Let's all go to the lobby. 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 To get ourselves a treat. Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Shakedown, a weekly podcast that functions as a grab bag for all things film. I'm your host, Kyle Craigbaum. And I'm your other host, Jordan Dennis. This week, we will be reviewing the new Bob Odenkirk-led action film, Nobody, and discussing the three MonsterVerse films leading up to next week's release of Godzilla vs. Kong. Before we get to all that, how you doing, Jordan? I'm doing okay, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. That's good to hear, man. You watch any movies? I have watched some movies. I finally, 15 years, far too late... Way after the Bush administration is a thing of the past, I finally got around to watching the Borats. Yeah, <laughs> um, I haven't yet. Basically, my my contention is the first one is the funnier movie, but the second one is stronger thematically and actually has like character and plot. But yeah, the Borat movies are uh, are are surprisingly solid. Not. Every joke in the first one ages super well. There's a few that are kind of like, oh, you couldn't make that today. You know, it's it's PC gone mad, obviously. But um, yeah, no, uh, the second one really surprised me with how much uh, heart it has. Especially with uh, Maria Bakalova as his daughter, who is fucking phenomenal. I know she's probably not going to get it, but I would lose my shit if she got the Oscar. I would lose my fucking mind. But, uh, yeah, I guess, hot take, I would recommend the Borat movies. <laughs> that's, a, that's a cold take. That's, yeah, yeah, ice cold. I, I finished Sound of Metal. Because oh, nice. Last week I only watched half of it, and it's fantastic. It's great. I would not be mad if it won any of the awards it was nominated for at the Oscars. I guess if, if we're not going to do, like, an episode on it, we could do, like, a little mini mini discussion right now if you just want to, like... Of Sound of Metal? Yeah, just say your piece real quick with it's, it. It's great. It's... It's super respectful and grounded, mm-hmm. and, and it takes this very sensitive topic and does it in such a, yeah, respectful way. Yeah. And it's so well acted, mm-hmm. and it's so well written. There's so much, there's a lot of grace and nuance. It feels so lived in. Yes. The sound design is some of the best I've ever heard in a film. Immaculate. Uh, the scene in that movie that really sticks out to me is the one you mentioned where he's, uh, he's on the slide. And he's, and he's drumming to the, it's to so the kid. Good. It's so good. Um, uh, Riz Ahmed, fucking great. Uh, Olivia Cook, great. Paul Racy. Racy? Is that how you, is that how you pronounce it? Okay, yeah. Paul Paul Racy is fucking great. He's great. Everyone is so good in it. And just, yeah, no, it is, uh, it is a very, very phenomenal film. It's a great film. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm... It turns out the sound of metal, Kyle, is love. Is it? I guess. I don't know. Actually, usually the sound of metal was like... But this time it was love. You feel me? So another movie I watched this week <laughs> is the the film that's been making kind of waves on the internet as what's considered to be a kind of cult classic in the making, and that's The Empty Man. Ooh. Which is a horror film. It's gotten some traction. Chris Stuckman recently made a video yeah. on why it deserves a cult following. Hmm. It is so fucking weird. This is the strangest mainstream horror film I've seen in a long time. Like, I don't know how they got it. Hmm. I don't know how they allowed this man to make a two-hour, ten-minute horror film. (laughs) 
So, from the trailers and stuff before I'd seen it, I was like, oh, this looks like a shitty-ass, like, Slender Man or, yeah. or one of those, like, you know, the say, say, the, say the name three times and he comes. It's kind of like if a movie like that was adapted by David Fincher. Oh, my God. Where it kind of focuses on, like, the investigation behind it. Yeah. And it's really slow-paced and fucking just strange. Okay. It, it was made by 20th Century Fox, but dumped when it got acquired by Disney. In fact, Disney initially wanted him to cut the movie down 40 minutes. Oh, shit. And he was like, no. Was so, they like, so they just dumped it in theaters. Um, Whoa. I don't love it, but it is certainly worth watching it's just a, to make your mind up. A curiosity it. watch? For sure. I will definitely check it out. I, uh, I watched Monsters, Inc., Classic. Yeah, it's fucking great. Classic. That's really all I have to yeah. say about it. Yeah, fucking Monsters like slaps. What else do you want? These are the jokes, kid. Fucking. Oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a great movie. Yeah, no, it's good shit. Um, I think that's pretty much all I see. Speaking of great movies, do we want to get into our uh, our new theatrical release that we watched this week? Uh, Nobody, starring Bob Odenkirk. So man himself, the, the man, the myth, the legend. It's just Bob. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, so without without getting into spoilers, sorry, I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a sip of my Dr. Peppy before I give a plot synopsis. This is a shit I have to deal with on a daily basis. <laughs> That's good, Dr. Peppy. So nobody is about uh, Bob Odenk's, Bob Odenkirk's character, uh, Hutch Hutch Mansell. That's his name. He used to be what's called an auditor, which is sort of like the cleanup crew for like the CIA and FBI when like people involved with them or they don't like step out of line. The auditors kind of come in and, you know, do a lot of dirty work and shit. But at some point he retired, you know, he he left for a uh, for a family life, wanted to settle down with a wife and kids and stuff. And now he kind of finds himself in this rut a little bit, you know, his marriage is starting to fail, his kids don't, or his son at least doesn't really respect him, and he's just kind of like, kind of like, feels that he's failed both as a, as a father and a person, you know, he's, you know, we all have midlife crises, um, none quite as wild as this one, I don't think, but, uh, and so there is a, a break-in at the family's house, and after that happens, that is kind of the inciting incident, and then everything just kind of snowballs from there, uh, that's, that's pretty much, that's pretty much as much as I say I can say I think without getting into spoilers. Uh, Kyle, what are your uh, what's your what's your initial gut reaction with this one? I was really excited for this movie. Yeah, because I'm, I'm a big Bob Odenkirk fan. Breaking Better Bad Call, is Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. Are I both. I haven't seen Better Call Saul, so I can't speak to that one. They're both phenomenal shows. He's a phenomenal actor, mm -hmm. and I love seeing these like fifty-something-year-old actors do a crazy action movie. I've seen it referred to as dad exploitation. Dad exploitation, perfect. My new favorite genre. And walking out of this movie, it's exactly what you think yeah, it is. It is exactly, if you watch the trailer and go, oh, that looks awesome, you'll walk out of the movie going, oh, that's pretty awesome. This movie promises to shred and shred it does. I think this movie kicks a lot of ass. It's, it's uh, both good. literally and metaphorically. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I guess if, if we're getting into spoilers now. So, this, like, break-in happens at the house, and then he goes out. He, like, tracks down the people who robbed him, but he ends up letting them go because it turns out they're, like, they have a kid and stuff like that. So, it's, like, ah, uh, you know, an ethical dilemma. And then he runs into those dudes on the bus, and I think that is the scene where this movie fucking... It, it hits zero to 60, and we're about to find the fuck out. 
it fucking it takes off from there. That bus fight yeah, is brutal as fuck. Brilliant. Because what what's great about the bus fight is the escalation of events. Yes, it Where starts he's, very he starts like starts out just like normally punching yeah. people. And then, it, and then it resorts to, like, he pulls out a knife and starts stabbing, and then brutally He's, stabbing. like, strangling people with, like, purse straps and shit. He pulls one of, like, the, the, the bars that, like, you hold on to. He pulls it out of the fucking bus and starts beating someone with it. Some pretty great stunt work. Yeah, no, the, uh, and the, and the camera work, too. Yeah. Like, there's never, in, I was, I was really impressed because a bus is such, like, a tight, confined space. I'm like, how are they gonna make this look, like... Like, I feel like that's really easy to just be, like, really clunky, but it yeah. flows very nicely. That is, that action, all the action scenes in this really impressed me, but I thought that one was really nice to start off with. Because that's the most tame action scene of the movie. Uh, the, the director, I'm gonna butcher this, Ilya Nashuler? Are they white? No. Oh. Does that sound like a white name? <laughs> um, well, they are white, but I don't think they're American. But it doesn't matter. I don't think they're American. Um, um, but he, he made Hardcore Henry... So he clearly loves action movies. He clearly has experience. Yeah, for them. sure, for sure. But Hardcore Henry is entirely reliant on its gimmick. Yeah. Whereas this one, it's just an act. This, it's, yeah, it's, this one doesn't really have like it's yeah. stylistic, but not that's not like the selling point of the movie. That's just kind of the cherry on top of. It's very the similar to the first John Wick in it terms is of very. plot and structure. I think it, and it has a little more fun with itself. For sure. Than the first John Wick. The, sure. the John Wick movies, as fantastic as they are, are very self-serious. Mm -hmm. Like, they take themselves very seriously, which is part of why those movies work. Because mm -hmm. I feel like if they were winking at the camera the whole time, like, it would be, it wouldn't, the experience wouldn't be as, uh, there's, there's, a, this is like sarcastic John Wick, kind of. Yes, I agree. And it works, the, the tongue-in-cheek nature never gets too no, much. It, it, it's, it's just the right amount of comedy. It never goes overboard. I, I think pretty much every joke landed. There's not really a lot of jokes, no. but the ones that are there are really good. Like, funny. The running gag where uh, every time he'll like wound someone and he starts to like tell them a story, they but die. then they'll die, they'll bleed out like as he's fucking talking to them. And he's really like, funny. uh... Yeah, no, great, I own. Great soundtrack. Oh, yeah. The great so soundtrack. The soundtrack is a lot of, like, old school, like, R&B and soul and stuff. Like, a Jazz. lot of, yeah, Mo a lot of, like, old Motown stuff. Um, one of the best uses of What a Wonderful World. I yes. think, I, I think that song is really overused in movies, obviously. It's, but that, I think the use of this when he, uh, puts on the record and it burns down the house when he has to go rogue with Tom Cruise in the end. What was the, the song choice when... He decides that he's going to beat the people up on the bus. Um, oh, they play... Oh, is that the one that plays in the John Wick trailer? Or is that no, later? No, that's later. That's later. But this one, whatever the song was, it worked so well for the moment. I bet you there's a playlist on Spotify I'm or sure. something. But yeah, no, the, the song choices all really fit the scene tonally. And like actually the lyrics of the song actually like are describing what's happening. A lot of attention to detail with this one, I think. Bob Odenkirk's super committed. Oh yeah, he, super committed he is to, in it to win to it. To the physical aspects mm -hmm. of it. He's getting his I, ass kicked and kicking ass. One of my worries going into this was I wouldn't be able to buy him as like an ass kicking assassin, but you, he totally sells it. 100%. Like you, you absolutely buy because it's presented in a way like, oh no, this guy used to be like an assassin, so I or like a like a Billy Badass. He still is, but like he's over the hill and stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I buy that he is that version of that character. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, like if they had tried to make it to where he was like in his prime and shit, then I, like, I don't think that would have worked as well. But I think the whole, they kind of, 
they bite a little bit from the Incredibles, I think, with uh, like Bob Parr's arc, like him kind of wanting to recapture the glory days and everything. Except instead of being a superhero, he shot people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that arc is really well realized. Him kind of going through, working through this midlife crisis, and him kind of coming to terms with this new life that he's found with it for himself and letting this old life go. I agree. Very thematically strong for a movie like this. Like, I think it would be yeah. very easy for a movie like this to just be, oh, it's just guns and punching, but there's, like, some really good character stuff going on here. I kind of agree. Yeah, yeah. I kind of It's agree. mostly Bob Odenkirk. Mostly Bob. N- but... He is the focus of the movie. All Bob. It's so, just Bob. Yeah, it is it is Bob Odenkirk's he this movie is pretty much falls like squarely on his shoulders and it yeah. soars on them. He yeah. is so good. For the first two thirds of the movie, I was thinking, this is a good action movie in uh, just looking at the action scenes. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is good. It's not pushing it to the next level. I think the climax is fantastic. The last like thirty minutes of this movie are fucking they are... I think the action hits a like super high, and that in that last climax, it that fucking is the, this movie has a really good. It's not even. It's almost not a three act structure. It's just a, a snowball rolling down a hill, pretty much once the break in happens. Yeah, because the action scenes keep rolling and they just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like I think the one after the bus fight is when he's, he's at house. the house, and that's that's the action scene that really reminds me of the first John Wick. It's totally. Yeah. It's basically that. It's basically that scene redone where he's fucking. He's taking out all these soldiers with like he's throwing boiling water from the stove on him and shit. Yeah. He's like using steak knives and stuff. That's also a really cool scene. It's cool. Um, that's probably my least favorite action scene. It is definitely it's, my least favorite. But the least favorite, the, the the worst action scene in this movie is still like better than most other action movies. Entire. I agree. Like I, set pieces. So I agree. I totally agree. Yeah. It's it's. The action is, is so well choreographed, so well filmed. But you're right, that climax is fucking nuts. Pretty much, so awesome. it's, it starts... So I guess we should talk about the villain. Uh, kind of generic. I thought so I, generic. I thought he was having fun. I guess. The performance was charism- charismatic enough. I feel like, uh, to me, that reads like the actor thought the character was kind of underwritten, so he gave him a little more... Yeah. Like, there's like a showmanship to him that's kind of like, okay, I... This is at least more memorable than other Russian villains I've seen in movies like yeah, this. Yeah, tell me the character's name. Uh, Yulian. Oh my god. Yeah, that's his name. Because wow. he's the fucking, uh, he has the Alp Shack. Oh, the, yeah. uh, the mob money. Yeah. Um, he's I, more memorable than the fucking villain from the first John Wick. I don't know if I agree with that. I think they're on the same level. I don't remember the villain from the first, the one that isn't, uh, Theon Greyjoy. No, I remember him. I remember him. I remember what he looks like. I just don't remember anything about him. I'm not gonna remember this villain. Yeah, that's fair. I'm, I'm sure a week from now I'll be like, who? Um, and it's, it's not like, it's not anyone... I don't. I, let me let me like double check that real quick. Okay, so he seems like okay, so he's like a big actor in Russia. It looks like. Pronounce his name. Alexei Sarabriakov. Sarabriakov seems pretty close. Yeah. Um, um, so he's a generic villain. Yeah, but he's um, he's he's having enough fun. Man, one, I'm like one of the people that Bob Odenkirk injures on the bus. Is his brother? Yeah, which I thought that was weird. I thought it was gonna be his son. But I, did I, too. I was like, oh, the a little age difference was odd. Yeah, but I mean, I, I guess you know that happens. But uh, um, then after that, he pretty he starts going after Bob, and then it kind of becomes kind of like how we're calling him Bob. Like that's the character's name. Yeah. Fucking uh, Hutch. Hutch. Um, they're they're kind of get they kind of get into this war of attrition, and then so the climax kind of starts with the scene where he's in the club. Well, he goes and bur- burns all the mob money first, just as a big fuck you to this yeah. dude. 
And then he goes to his fucking club and he's sitting there with a thing of C4 strapped to him. And he's like, you and I can squash this right now if you want to, dude. Like, I'm, I'm willing to put this behind us. And the Russian guy's like, he's like, hey, fuck you. you know, very nice. You know, fucking, you know how they are. <laughs> and it's okay. I can make fun of the Russians. They're fine. I didn't say anything. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> But yeah, and then the minute he gets out of the fucking, uh, the club, they start going after him. There's this really cool car chase set to, uh, Pat Benatar. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. That car chase is when he steals the fucking neighbor's Mustang because the neighbor's bragging about it earlier in the, uh, in, in the movie. Yeah. I thought that, I thought that was a fun, like, comeuppance for that. It is very fun. Um. um but then after that car chase, he leads them to... His, like, he works at, like, a factory or something mm. like that when they're kind of establishing the, like, the monotony of his life and stuff like that. He ends up buying the factory with all this gold he has stored away, you know, being an assassin and whatnot. And he turns it into, like, a fucking Home Alone times a it's thousand. Home Alone. Yeah, the, the climax of this movie is, is Home Alone. It's already but it's like, Home Alone. But ramped up to, like, 50,000. Like, he tricks out this place with, like... DIY like bombs and traps and shit. Shot by like rebar. Um, I guess we should mention uh, Christopher Lloyd. Uh, Christopher Lloyd plays his father, and he's a badass grandpa. He's fucking great. He's, he's a lot of fun. There's that. Yeah, I was. I, I think I leaned over to you and I told you I was like Christopher Lloyd's gonna beat the shit out of some people. Like yeah. I knew this grandpa he was about to. People. He lets that shit bark when he busts. He fucking he came after those dudes. A surprise cameo was uh, Riza. <laughs> yes, at, Riza gets an action scene. As a massive Wu Tang Clan fan, that blew my mind. I I saw he was credited and then I kind of forgot he was in it. He's the voice on the on the radio yeah. for a while and I guess I just never like put two and two together but then he actually shows up in the film and I was like oh shit and he's like his his adopted brother I, I guess so. I would assume Something yeah. like that. it's never really made explicitly clear what their relationship is um but he kind of comes out of out of hiding to help him in the end and uh yeah he has a great scene he's got like a sniper rifle he uh the two the two kills that uh, stick out to me are the one where he fucking aims it behind him without looking and shoots someone, yeah. and then he shoots through. Th he gets a fucking three person headshot yeah. with a one fucking shot. It's good shit. That whole last climax is great, Love where they're just mowing through dudes. Christopher Lloyd's fucking blasting through dudes with his shotgun. It is a honestly, I would like watch that climax like on YouTube when it gets released. Just yeah. I would like just watch that. The movie's great, but that scene is fucking. He kills the villain by putting. C4 on like a riot shield and running it at the villain. <laughs> and then it explodes and fucking like shreds him to shit. Yeah, I know it's it's fucking nuts. It's good shit. Climax is good shit. Yeah. I would I would say the, the first two thirds of this movie are really are strong, but it really takes off towards Good editing. Yeah, good I would editing. say it is really well edited. Um my problems just lie with I mean the things that you'd expect. Yeah, like, it's it's predictable. It doesn't break the wheel or anything. His like, family is the most like two dimensional character. Yeah, they're like they're they're whatever. They're uh, they're there. The villain's two dimensional. I, I thought the daughter was cute at least. Like their She's their cute. their relationship was nice. Um, it's just it's it's nothing you haven't seen before. No, but it's, it's not reinventing the wheel. But it's done very like it's very it's well done made. Well, it's stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, do we want to give it a score? Sure. What are you feeling? Seven out of ten. All right, I am feeling uh, an eight. I, I think I'm a little more uh, I'm a little more positive on it than you, but uh, but I think we both had a really good time with it. It's it is time. it is a fucking face melter. I think if you're if you're into John Wick, uh, it's it's kind of got like Taken vibes too. If you're into any of those, I would say totally check it out. Sure. 
Yeah, go go with your buddies. Go yeah, see I mean, and if you're if you're not going to theaters, I'm sorry. Go see this with your dad. Yeah, that's that's who. Go see this with your grandpa. That's exactly who wants to watch this movie. Only if they've had their COVID shot, though. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, we totally didn't go out into a theater unvaccinated to see this. <laughs> anyway, I wore my mask. <laughs> true, true, Dad. Um, I think that's all we got to say about nobody. Yeah, that shreds. Uh, do we want to get into our uh, our, our triple feature, our movie topic, triple triple threat this uh, this week? Well, uh, on Wednesday, this Wednesday coming this, up, this next Wednesday, uh, Godzilla versus Kong is coming out. Big, very anticipated blockbuster. Big hype. Already came out in foreign markets. We did oh. it last. Oh shit! Yeah, it came out this last week. It's been getting. Pretty okay reviews. Well, has it, on Letterboxd has a three point two. That's pretty good. I mean, I don't need this movie to be like a. No. I don't, listen, I don't need this movie to be like Citizen Kane or anything. Okay. As long as it's getting like positive reviews, I'm I am totally fine with that. So we're gonna talk about the films leading up to it: so, Godzilla, Kong Skull Island, and Godzilla King of the Monsters. We did kind of a similar thing uh, leading up to the Snyder Cut, so we thought that would be good to kind of get everyone. Have a nice rousing discussion about the universe building up to this. So let's start with Gareth Edwards, Godzilla 2014. So Kyle, let, let me ask you this real quick. Where are you at with Godzilla? What what is what is Godzilla to you? Godzilla to me is fun blockbuster. That is fair. It is it is nothing. I've never seen the original, which I've heard is actually a good film. We need to watch that sometime. I have it. I, I actually have the Criterion oh, nice. for that one. I think that's the only Criterion I own actually. And I've never seen any of the team-up movies after. I, you know what? We've seen the original Godzilla vs. Kong. It's terrible. It's so bad. But it really, it just it's, exists for blockbuster yeah. entertainment. I went to see this original not knowing anything. It was my first Godzilla movie mm -hmm. back in like 2014. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't really have any lore knowledge or anything. I am like whatever a step above casual yeah, is for like I'm not like a diehard fan or anything, but I but I I used to like when I was a kid I would go to Blockbuster. I don't know if any of you young people listening remember what the fuck a Blockbuster is. Uh, but I remember like going after school and renting like old Godzilla movies and stuff and throwing them on. So Godzilla was always kind of like present in my life, and I could name like a handful of like the other kaiju and stuff. So I was I was I was pretty hyped for this movie going into it. I remember. I remember. I, I mean, I would defend this movie. I think. I think this movie gets a little too much crap. This movie gets way too much. Tr crap. Truth be told. Yeah, it gets too much crap. I think people have kind of come around to it in in recent years. But yeah, this movie is is really good. It's good. It's a good, solid blockbuster. It. I feel like the movie's strengths lie in that it's trying so so hard to not be a blockbuster. Mm -hmm. Like it. it it's. It's. I don't know, like it, like every convention of blockbusters, it just immediately subverts and defies. Like you don't get a proper Godzilla fight until, you know, the the last like the last leg of the film and everything. And I I I think that is the most polarizing part of the movie. Like that is where either you are on board or you are not. I mentioned this before. It feels very similar to what Spielberg did with Jaws. Yeah. Slowly teasing, and at the climax, you get full. It's nothing but shark. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it works. In fact, what Gareth Edwards does with this material is what allows it to shine, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. The way he handles 
tone. Yeah. By far, out of the three, it is the most tonally consistent. I agree, yes. And the way he handles scale, not with just with mm-hmm. this movie, but with like Rogue One, he's a director that understands how massive these creatures are. When we were watching the end of King of the Monsters, I made the point... Uh, We'll talk about this when we get to King of the Monsters, but one of the problems with that movie is that everything just looks massive. In this first one, everything feels massive. Like, the the sound design incredible. is fucking incredible. When Godzilla uh, first shows up, when he's crawling out of that water, and yeah. the fucking the tsunami happens, which never happens again yeah. whenever he's getting out of the water, but we won't get into that. Yeah. Um, and just, like, he's walking, and you just hear the fucking earth rumble, and they shoot those flares up, and you just see... The immensity yeah. of them just take up the entire frame. It is insane. Um, that airport reveal makes me come. And if uh, like if I want to come hands free, I will play. <laughs> I will play the airport scene from Godzilla 2014 with that first reveal. I just I think the problem is yeah. when I say there's not enough Godzilla, I don't mean oh, it should be fights the whole movie. I just think a little more would have gone a long way. Like if we had seen the beginning of that fight. Like just a, I think that's fair. Just a little bit, yeah. And then do the cutaway. I think the problem. I think it's the problem is it goes. It gets. A, it goes a little hard with the blue balls, and I think people just don't appreciate that. I I agree with that. Not with that fight, but but later on when that would have worked better. Yes. Um, because the fr- that was the first time he was revealed. It cutting away. I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. It's later on a scene when when, when Elizabeth Olsen's going. She's in like the blast doors and it closes. I think if we had seen the beginning of that fight yeah. and then cut away, that would have been more of kind of like a like a, oh they're giving us a little bit more like like I oh. agree. Um, but I think. I, I think people were just kind of mad that they got tricked twice. Yeah, the, the visuals in this movie. <laughs> oh, they so look so, that CGI still holds the fuck. Yeah. I know it's only seven it's years actually, old. It's actually the best of the three of them. Yeah, I agree. I think um, the the scene, the Halo jump. Yeah, they so use good. they use the Stargate music from two thousand one. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and it's just incredible. It's incredible. yeah, no, that scene is. Um, <laughs> I just want to mention this real quick. Uh, me and my roommate were big fans of Letterkenny. And the guy who runs the Halo jump, like the main soldier is the main character on that oh, nice. show, is Wayne. So we completely lost our minds and we heard him. And we were like, wait a minute. That's... It was like the Leonardo DiCaprio meme. Yeah. Where he's pointing at the TV. I just wanted to shout that out real quick. But Brian, yeah. Um... Brian Cranston gives a great first act performance. And great. He is great. I just wish he was in it more. Yeah. I just wish he was the main character. I agree. I see why they did it the way they did it. Yeah. But I agree. And I'm also like... One thing I realized when rewatching this, I'm like, is there any reason this main family isn't Japanese? Um, not besides not. wanting to sell to white American that's, markets. That's the reason. Because I'm just watching it, and I'm like, it seems like they're going through a lot of hoops to justify, like, oh, they're like a scientist that like moved to Japan and stuff. I'm like, why not just make the main characters Japanese? Yeah. Whatever. Um, that's that's a problem with this movie, and it carries over to King of the Monsters. Ken Watanabe is the most interesting character, and he just doesn't get enough to do. I like Brian Cranston and all, but honestly, I would have maybe put Ken Watanabe in that role. I think maybe, and then not kill him. Mm-hmm. But Brian Cranston's so good. He is. No, Brian Cranston's good in everything, so I, I I can't say that I'm I'm upset to see him. Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen are fine. Fine. They're fine. whatever. Um, they're better. We'll get to Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson and yeah. Kong. They're better than that. I think they're better than them. I might prefer Kyle Chandler to Aaron Taylor Johnson, That's but, fair. We'll, but we'll get That's it. Fair. We'll, we'll get into that later. Uh, you you mentioned it earlier. You made a really good point 
where Aaron Taylor Johnson's character is kind of like a blank slate of which to observe the world like he exists purely as a voyeur. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's great and all. But then why are we spending so much time with him? Like, But but here's where it works. Whereas King of the Monsters and Kong have so many goddamn characters, mm-hmm. this one, at least... It's a little more focused. At least we have a character, and he has a one goal the whole movie, I just com- get back to the wife and kid. I completely agree. I would take that over... Uh, yeah. Which is why I like Kyle Chandler in King of the Monsters, because it's a very similar arc. And, and, that's, and that's why some of the conveniences with him meeting up with the monsters are, are mostly justified because it's just him like on a series. Like, he, like these monsters just keep getting in the way. Also, that like, train scene's pretty great. Yeah, that train scene's pretty good. I love um, those. There's, there's just so many great visuals and little flourishes in the filmmaking. Not great visuals. I don't love the Mutos. Like the designs. The designs are odd. They're just... They're that's, generic. That's the Cloverfield monster, but worse. Yeah. I, just, I don't know if it's worse. Well, the design-wise... I don't know. Well, actually, no. Yeah, you might be right. No, it's, no, been, it's, it's been similar. a it's been a it's minute similar. since it's been a minute since I've seen Cloverfield. Um, but anyway, yeah, I just I personally think there shouldn't have been other monsters in this movie. Like, I think Godzilla should have been the villain of this movie. Yeah. Um. So that way, it actually like harkens back to like the original and shit. But I mean, that's 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 a minor nitpick. They're mm-hmm. they're fine. There's something there for Godzilla to punch and shoot with his laser. So. And the fights are pretty damn the, cool. That, that, the, that last act is pretty fucking incredible. Where yeah, he, uh, that kill where he uh, opens its mouth and lasers down its throat. Say, say what you will about this and Rogue One. Gareth Edwards knows how to make a climax. Oh, hell yeah. Gareth Edwards he shoots, shoots the hell out of a third act. Yeah, he knows how to do a third act for sure. Um, I... I enjoy this movie. It's not the deepest film no, in the world. No, 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 but it's, but got, it but it's make, also got But it makes up for the mediocre script with... Some of the better blockbuster filmmaking in recent there's years. there's a uh, auteur sensibility. There's like a grandeur to it. it yeah, feels grand. very epic. Yeah, not not to <laughs> no, it's epic gamer now moment. This is epic. Um, but yeah, there is almost a mythological feel to this first For sure. one. Where like you're watching, it feels like you're watching fucking like Greek gods do battle, and, and it's just they don't. They're completely indifferent to ever. I, I think that's. That's captured really well, mm. is weird, is the indifference that yeah. Godzilla and the Mudos have to everything that's going on. Like, they're yeah. just beating the shit out of each other. They don't care yeah. about the destruction. And this is this is strange. As end of the world as King of the Monsters tries to be, this one sold me more on just the hellish nature of the destruction. Yeah. Him running around the city at the end when it's just... It's burning. decimated. And I'm like, this feels more end of the world. I mentioned this with uh, with Justice League in that episode where Man of Steel felt more end of the world. But yeah. This one felt more end of the world than King of the Monsters. And I think That's it's fair. the less is more theory. Yeah. One city being destroyed and you see all like of it just, is, like, more, is more apocalyptic than 800 cities being destroyed. Exactly. Like you get you get into the nitty gritty and you actually mm-hmm. see the results of, of this like destruction and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, this, this this first Godzilla I think is a, is a really is it's a, not a great movie. But no, it but is it's a good movie. it is a solid foundation of which to build this franchise. Um, that's pretty much all I've got to say For about that first, first one. one. Yeah. yeah, no, it yeah. is. Uh, obviously, I'd say check it out if you're interested in it. It is. Uh, it's a good time. Oh, actually, I just want to mention real quick. I think the design. For Godzilla in these new movies, right. genius! It right. is the best looking God. I, it's the best Godzilla has looked ever. I think 
Um, I remember complaints from people when it first came out that he was like too thick. And I was like, why are you fat shaming Godzilla? Come on. It, I, I like remembered everything that happened when I went to rewatch it, but I still felt like a kid again. The moment where you see his tail light up with the uh-huh. boom, 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 and the fucking and the, the breath, the airport where the foot fucking oh comes God. down and, and then everything just whoosh, like there's just silence and it's like, oh, this is a good movie. It is. It is and, good. And, and it is a good blockbuster. I would give this movie a seven out of ten. I would also give this movie a 7 out of 10. I realize I've given a lot of 7 out of 10s on this show. Yeah, that's fair. But, but I watch good movies. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's really solid. Now, this is a movie... Uh, the next movie in the Monster- MonsterVerse is where our first big disagreement comes in, I think. Um, Kong Skull Island. Big Monkey. 2017. Um, is that the title? Yeah, that's that's the title. Um, Holy shit. I guess I should have given a plot synopsis for Godzilla, but I mean, you get it. It's fucking... Yeah, he's these scientists, giant lizard. You know, you understand. Uh, yeah. God, Kong Skull Island is... Uh, it's set in the back, the backdrop of the Vietnam War. And it's, uh, it's uh, John Goodman and Dr. Dre are these scientists who... Uh, I, uh, Corey Hawkins, that's the actor's yeah. name. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, they're, they're like scientists and they round up this group of like military personnel and mercenaries this way too big cast of famous people who don't get shit to do um, to fly over to Vietnam and uh, or I guess not not actual Vietnam it's Skull Island but um and what, what are they there for again? They're there There's, to escort John Goodman's scientists. They're looking for like methane or something like that? Well, no, that's just the story he tells him. John Goodman just wants to find the monsters. That's somewhere. okay, yeah. He wants that. And monkey. he and he just lies to them to get them. Gotcha, alright. It's been that this is probably the one that's been that it's been the longest since I've revisited. Yeah, I wa- I watched it like two days ago. So. Um and then they get there. Yeah. And it turns out, uh oh. Big monkey. Yeah. Big monkey. And that's Kong Skull Island, essentially. I like this movie. I don't. I I used to hate it. Yeah. When I first you used thought, to be real mean to this first movie. Thought, when I first saw it in theaters, I hated the fucking movie. Yeah. I don't hate it now. Mm-hmm. I just see it as a very average film. I just think it's so it's bonkers. It is weird. It is we. It's weird as fuck, and I appreciate that. But I just don't think the director um, Jordan Jordan Vogt. Boggs? Roberts? I don't think he's, Sorry, a, good, we know I don't think he's a good enough director to pull off the bonkers things he tries to do. What makes you say that? Because for all the weird shit, he doesn't have a grasp on tone. See, I, I don't think I don't think that's him. I think that's the script mostly. I think the directing is I think the directing is probably the best part of this movie. I think the cinematography is. Yeah, but but directing also includes like yeah, directing but, actors. But at the same, but at the same time, I don't know. Like I feel like what you're trying to go for with this movie starts with the script. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm not defending the script. Yeah, I know for sure. Let me get into my my. Okay. Let me mention what I liked about it. Yeah. First. I think some of the cinematography is is stunning. Yeah. I think there are shots in this where I was like, "That's fantastic." Yeah. Moments of action where I'm like, "That is awesome." The use of the color palette mm-hmm. is my favorite part about the film. Yeah. Really great. Some of the performances are all right. Uh, some of the actors know what kind of movie they're in. I think Samuel Jackson's really good in it. I think for the most part, he knows what kind of movie he is having. He's having the time of his life. Um, John C. Riley also knows what he movie is good. he's in. He is good. He also knows what movie he's in. Uh, not all his lines work, but nah, for the no. most part. 
He he. I think they could have very easily made him annoying, and I don't think he ever quite goes over that line for me. I think he works I pretty think well. The score's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That that's about it. I just think that they have like twenty famous people in this movie, and they all give them scenes without developing them. Like like, and then there's big character moments throughout. Yeah. Where, where it's implied that you're supposed to really give a shit. But they have not earned. It, it's just a ca- it's trust. just a cast of people that I that nobody fucking knows anything there, about there or cares are like about. Three scenes after they they crash land of Toby Kebbell just wandering around, and it all leads to him just dying. Just dying. Yeah, it's, it's why so are weird. The scenes there of like, him why walking do you, around? Yeah, it, it feels like it's gonna add up to him like doing something, um, and uh, then it never really does. Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson are. Boring as fuck in this They movie. both could have been sexy lamps and the movie would have been even, completely the same. Even more so Brie Larson. She literally does nothing in this movie. I think she's only there because King Kong has to hang out with a blonde woman. Yeah, I um, think so. Yeah, they, they, they don't really get they a whole also, lot to do. Something I noticed on this watch is they pull the same trick like three times, which is to suddenly kill someone as a shock yeah but they do it so much that you're uh, you're like they do it they first they it's do so it, unpredictable that first, it becomes predictable they first do it with john goodman just getting eaten oh yeah john, john and i'm like, and I'm like okay eaten. there's one but then they do it again with shia wingham who tries to sacrifice himself and just gets killed is that the, is, is that the one with the grenades and he gets fucking slapped that's against actually, the mountain that's funny but then they play sad music over this i'm like i'm sorry that is hilarious i think if that had been played for laughs that would have been better they should have totally not had the sad music no but absolutely they not. had sad music i'm like that's hilarious you know what this and then re- they do it with samuel L. jackson you know what this reads like to me yeah. I feel like J- Jordan Vogt Roberts wanted to make a more fun movie, mm-hmm. but maybe the studio or something was like, no, this is our very serious, like, like monster movie. Maybe, maybe that would have worked if, like, Godzilla had been more kind of, like, serious and, like, grounded, but, like, your Kong movie is a little bit more fun and, like, out there and weird and shit. Yeah. And so when they finally, like, collide and shit. That is one of the more fascinating like, things about the movie is this weird kind of cartoony take on Vietnam. Yeah. Stuff. It's so unique and weird and I'd like to see a movie that totally embraces that it, weird. It, it's like it's not glorified but it, it, it paints it as like this this like surreal like mystical land and like where everything is out to fucking kill you. Like the yeah. jungle literally like there's the like the, the bamboo spider. Or whatever, like everything out there is there to kill you. And there's, there, they clearly had ideas that, like, they, the idea that Samuel L. Jackson kind of has PTSD and he, yeah. he has to find himself a monster to, to put the blame or like to continue war. I just think if it, they didn't, they didn't. If you just trimmed this cast down, yes, exactly. I think if you, would, I think honestly, you could have gotten rid of Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson completely if you had just made it about. The scientists. They could have gotten rid of Corey Hawkins, Corey Hawkins, and the in the Asian. Um, exactly. Jian uh, Jian. Uh, I don't. I'm so bad with names. <laughs> um, but you could have just made it about like like the military guys and the scientists. Like that, that's all. That's all you have to do. Um, or maybe just combine Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson into one character named Brie Larson. Yeah. Yeah. From the first scene with Tom Hiddleston, he's like beating people up at a bar. I'm yeah. Like, Come on. like what the fuck? Like. And. Again, there's good ideas here, just executed so weirdly, and... I just, I really appreciate how bonkers this movie is. I think, this is a movie that does not give a fuck. 
This is a movie that swings its big dick around and, and just does what the fuck it wants. And for me, it's easy to... I don't know. For me, I can I, yeah. I can hop on this movie's wavelength and be like, cool, let's just... I think I think Larry Fong, the cinematographer, does a really good job. He did 300 and Watchmen too. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Because there's that, there's that one shot that's just 300. Yeah. It just turns into 300. He, he clearly it ha- is adept at handling visuals. Yeah. There's some shots of Kong standing in front of the sun when like the helicopters roar. So the cinematography is very good at times. Mm-hmm. I think it is frequently ruined by really shoddy green screen work. I think there are some scenes that stand out to me. The Northern Lights scene looks like garbage. It feels like actors on a soundstage standing around. And there's a few times it just does not feel genuine or real. It feels like they're on a soundstage. The problem is, is that all of your criticisms are correct. Yeah. But Big Monkey. <laughs> but despite all of that, I still have fun with this movie. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's... I don't, it's, I don't it's, say these opinions to try to. No, no, I know, I know. It's just like, like I, I want to try and like defend it, but I'm like, no, you're right. The green screen is kind of shitty in this movie, um, but I don't know. It's just, I, I think it's fun. I think it, it's, it's no holds bars. It just kind of throws everything at the wall and sees and sees what sticks. And I don't know something about something about that energy just appeals to me. It's, it's. I think it's just a fascinating way to do this story. And I think I also appreciate it for not just being a King Kong remake. Yeah. Like, the fact that it's trying something so, like, left field with this character and this story. I just really appreciate that. Uh, I guess we can talk about Kong himself now. Um, he's cool. He's cool. Uh, he's, he's uh, they kind of go for more like a Bigfoot instead of a, uh, more like a man in a suit design rather than, uh, you know, like actual monkey. And I think, I think that works really well. I think... Most of his fight scenes slap, they're in cool. my opinion. There's not that many. He fights the octopus at one point, but that's not really a fight that's scene. Not, he stomps on it. Yeah, I'm really afraid that he kills that octopus. Yeah. Um, and then there's the fight with the skull crawlers at the end, yeah. which is you know it, it's good. It this probably has the worst monster fights I of the three, I would say, but they're they're fine. Um, I don't know. I just uh, I I dig how. Oh, I dig how unapologetically, unapologetically obnoxious this movie is. And I do not. All right. I, I, just, I saw some reviews on Letterboxd, and this is basically how I see it. And it's it feels like the artistic value of Godzilla was lost because that's not what people enjoyed. So they I mean, yeah. completely. And that carries over to King of the Monsters, too. That is true. I think it's more egregious than King of the Monsters, though. At least King of the, Mo- King of the Monsters just feels... I mean, I guess we can... Let's let's wrap up Kong real quick, and then we'll get into uh, King yeah. of the Monsters. Kong, uh, Kong Skull Island, I don't hate anymore. I just think it is very average. I think you can have fun with it. I had some fun with certain scenes, but yeah. all my fun was very surface level. It never went deeper than no, big no. monkey and monster with trees. And I don't love this movie either, but yeah, I mean, I'm listen. I'm a simple man. I, I just want to watch that monkey slap some dinosaurs around with that. He Kyle. He uses a ship anchor as a as like a mace. That was cool. <laughs> like I just think that's what, cool as shit. What's your score? Like a six and a half. Five and a half. Yeah, like it's maybe a six if uh, on on a bad day. But yeah, I think it's I think I think it's worth a watch. Like there's there's fun to be had with it. I think it's just it's okay. How I think it's how on board like how stupid do you want your big monkey movie? I guess it depends on where yeah. you. 
on, on, on where you fall on that spectrum. That's fair. So after that, then That's we go, then we jump to 2019. It feels like so long ago. It feels it like a, it feels like Jesus. a fucking eternity ago. Uh, with Godzilla: King of the Monsters, the direct sequel to Godzilla 2014, not as good. So my experience with this movie is I saw it in IMAX when it came out, mm-hmm. and it was me and my two friends, and we were in an empty theater. Ooh. We got to see it in an empty-ass IMAX theater, and I had a great time because that's just a great experience. Yeah. Watching it by myself on my 4K TV, I had less fun. The flaws stand out a lot more when you're not being um, waterboarded by the loudest IMAX fucking sound ever. I think part of Well, now that you mentioned that, I'm like... Well, that's kind of what these movies are designed for. Like, they're designed for that experience. So I guess it's no surprise that they don't hold up super well on the on the small screen. Well, but I have a great TV. Well, you know what I mean by the and small screen. And holds up. Yeah, for sure. Um, here's where I'll compare it to Kong Skull Island. Kong Skull Island is just pretty mediocre and average throughout. Mm-hmm. This one... Has higher highs and way lower lows. Yeah. I think the monster fights and visuals are better than Kong Skull Island, mm-hmm. and the script is worse. <laughs> yeah, the script in King of the Monsters is pretty bad. It's bad. Yeah, it is. Well, but, is it bad, or is it just Bradley Whitford? That's no, bad. No, it's, it's bad. Um, okay, so a, a quick plot synopsis. Yeah, um... After... You just watched this, so you... Yeah. yeah. So, after the events of... Godzilla 2014, Monarch has kind of grown, and they have bases all over the country mm-hmm. with different creatures that they've discovered. And there's a, an eco-terrorist organization led by Charles Dance, yeah. who basically want to set all the Titans free in order to restore balance because like, they are the rightful kings of the world. Like establish like a new world, or I guess the old world order is That is a very order. simple way... To say this convoluted ass movie with twenty characters, Vera, Vera Farmiga is one of the lead characters. Yeah, and she's kind of she's like a scientist at Monarch, a researcher, and she. You initially think she got kidnapped by this eco terrorist group, but it turns out she was working with them, and oh, this shit. is like she was in on it the whole time. After a monster fight in this movie, it takes a break. For a five-minute exposition scene where she comes on a TV screen and just explains her plan <laughs> with a convenient slideshow presentation. <laughs> what, are ta- the, what are you talking about? That's I, not that's not what you want in your Godzilla movie. I paused movie? the movie and I went downstairs for a couple. Of <laughs> I I just was like, why why write a film like this? Yeah, that's there, fair. I'm not saying these movies have to be high art, but. You can write a movie well and still have it be fun, you know? I think... And yes, Bradley Whitford, you mentioned yeah. earlier, he plays one of the side characters. He plays Holy Rick Sanchez. Shit, he is bad. Yeah, he's, re- he's real bad in this. Um, I think this movie just barely keeps its head above water with the monster fights. Like, just barely for me. Um, I was so excited for this movie because yeah. I thought the, the first trailer set to... Um, oh, Claire de Lune. Claire de Lune is such an amazing trailer. And I, the color palette, again, like Kong Skull Island, the color palette's really nice in this see, film. See, I think this movie is probably the most tonally confused of the three. Like, yeah. Godzilla's pretty serious mostly throughout. Kong Skull Island's pretty goofy mostly throughout. Uh, this one feels like it's kind of trying to do a balancing act. 
And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I, I just feel like this movie should have, you know, you know, pick a feature, fucking. I agree. Stick with stick with one or the other. I think um, all the fights are cool. Uh, yeah. The first time Godzilla and Ghidorah fight uh, in the Antarctic is cool. Uh, the climax is cool. Uh, yeah. The Rodan and Ghidorah fight where they fight like over the ocean or whatever. That one's cool. That one's cool. They, that one's very brief. Yeah, but and they keep cutting back to the fucking humans. That's my problem. Like it just they like just that's the problem with all these movies is that they they focus too much on the on these boring uninteresting human characters and it's like okay if you want these famous people on your movie either a give them something to do or b don't put them in the fucking movie. And that's why I keep going back to Godzilla twenty fourteen is they do these same things where they cut away to the humans during like the last yeah. fight. But there's one human they're cutting away to. Instead of 20 dumb... Instead, instead, instead of, of like, 20 dumb humans, there's only one dumb human. Yeah, or one boring human instead of a dumb human. And there's just a bunch of dumb characters in this movie all doing dumb things that mm-hmm. you don't care about, and then it acts like you're supposed to care about them. The only one that I really care about is Ken Watanabe, who has the best scene in the film, by far. Which I, is- I think that scene is weird because they just casually drop... Oh yeah, by the way, Atlantis exists. That is in weird. this universe, and it's like, oh, okay. The, the setup to the scene is weird and has all the same problems. The actual execution of his sacrifice, yeah, is that's great. That, that's a good great. scene. Music, great. Yeah, visuals, it's good. And then it goes back to the dumb shit. Again, like you said, totally super confused. Just kind of all over the, the place. The next scene, Bradley Whitford's cracking jokes again. I, I guess it's easier for me. I, I don't really, I don't like to use this term a lot, but I guess it's really easy for me to just kind of turn my brain off. Yeah. And and just 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 ride the fucking wave, man. I like what I'm seeing with some of the visuals. I yeah, really it's do. just like I I that's why I'm hoping, and I think it will. I I'm hoping Kong uh versus or Godzilla versus Kong kind of cracks the uh cracks the formula a little bit maybe. I I hope so, but I I looked at the cast and it, and there's just as many goddamn humans. Yeah, that's fair. There's a lot of people in there. Um. Uh, some some repeats, I think. Kyle yeah, Kyle Chandler, Millie Bobby Brown's coming back. Oh, good for her. Good for you! Also, the characters, their plans don't really make sense. They yeah, really like like Charles Dan, the, the whole wanting to return. Like, Vera Farmiga acts really, like, sad. Like, wait, this is not the way the plan was supposed to go. I'm sorry, what was your plan? Like, you were, you were unleashing giant monsters onto the world. Like, what what'd you think was gonna you're happen? Just, you're confused that Monster Zero is able to communicate with the rest of them and destroy things. That's what it does. Oh my god, you're so fucking stupid. <laughs> Bro, his name is King Ghidorah. That's what he does. They know him as Monster Zero. Um, um, Ghidorah's a cool villain. He's cool. I mean, visually. Yeah, no, I, I mean, obviously... The shots with him and the lightning... I, I, think, I think he's given a surprising amount of personality. Like, for, a, char- like for a character that yeah. doesn't talk. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, I think this movie... <laughs> he has more power... He probably has more personality than any of the fucking human characters. I think there are some visually really stellar shots in this yeah. movie. Although, as a whole, I think... This whole... lacks some of the... Um, texture as the 2014 one not in the i think it handles the Mm -hmm. cg sequences well but when it comes down to scenes of just humans talking i don't think it's as well presented and more kind of sterile as the 2014 see i I think i feel the opposite i think i think the 2013 one kind of has this like this uh, a lot of blockbusters around this time i feel like almost like a there's like a sheen to it Mm. where everything's just kind of flat and gray the whole time mm. i think i appreciate that this one isn't afraid to be a little bit more like colorful and, and yeah. stuff like the, this one i think 
is better in the I would keep still images of this movie as framed photos department. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's really that's the point I had to make about that. <laughs> there were there were parts of the of this movie where the scenes were it goes from something serious to people joking mm-hmm. and it reminded me of Josh Whedon's Justice League. <laughs> yeah, really callback at, at points. Um, Godzilla is is good. Like he's he's, good. He, he, he's he does some cool things. Yeah, you know he, he goes nuclear at the end and everything. It's just this movie feels like a Godzilla checklist. Like it's everything you think is gonna happen in the Godzilla movie. Like it, it, it is, it is the rise of Skywalker of Godzilla movies. It is just by the numbers. But I, but for me personally, I, I don't know. I, I think the fights are done well enough, and I'm like, if that, at the very least, those, if those are good, then I'm kind of like, mm-hmm. everything's kind of just whatever for me. Like I'm not. It, it's not even that you shouldn't have humans. Just if you're going to spend so much time on them, yeah, that's the develop. That's them. what I said. Either make them interesting or don't put them in the fucking that's movie. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Fucking yeah. That, that's the dilemma that they have not cracked yet. Hopefully, hopefully, Godzilla, maybe Godzilla versus Kong. Kong. I, yeah, we will see. I think this week, is my but... least favorite of the three. Honestly, I think I think they they decline steadily I think in Kong quality. And and Godzilla are these the, the two are very okay. come on par with me. I, I, I personally, I'd probably give this like a six, maybe maybe like a low five and a half. I was um, I, I was able to scrape it to a six in theaters. It, it's as close as you can get to being bad while still being okay in my mind. I was able to scrape it to a six in theaters, not not quite mm-hmm. on home five and a half. Same, right. same as Kong Skull Highland. These movies have steadily declined. I kind of wish they had the majestic nature of the 2014 ones. Yeah. Still. Um, hopefully Godzilla vs. Kong will prove to be a great film. I'm still excited for it. I think it will be, uh... Who directed this one? It's another... It's Adam Wingard. He, uh... Oh, yeah, okay. I, I know. He's kind of hit or miss. He's I'm, very hit or miss. I'm just gonna look at We, we saw Blair Witch in theaters. That movie yeah, that movie was, fucking sucked. It's garbage. But he's also... He did the Death Note. Your Next is good. Remake. Your um, Next is good. I've never seen Your Next. He did, uh, yeah, I think it's the only good movie he's done. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> Great. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean. The he's direct- doing the Event Horizon remake. They're remaking Event Horizon? And Face Off, apparently. Or it's like a sequel. Oh, my God. We'll talk about those later. Yeah, Michael Michael Dougherty made this Godzilla King of the Monsters. He did Krampus and Trick or Treat mm-hmm. before. He's he's de- I really like Trick or Treat. Krampus is okay. Yeah, um, he's good at that low budget horror. Not I so just much don't know. The, yeah. Not he, so he much can't. of the blockbuster. But I'm I'm still very excited for Godzilla vs Kong. I'm, I think it'll at least be a fun IMAX experience. Yeah, it'll be, it'll, it'll be a fun time at the movie theater. We're totally not going to. <laughs> but these movies as a whole are fine. They're a mixed bag. But I think. They're- yeah. I think ultimately they do what they're supposed to do well enough. I think casual movie watching yeah. audiences will have a blast and, with them. And really, that's all these need to be. They don't. They, yeah. I'm, I'm not expecting. Listen, I'm not going to watch. I'm not going to go watch Godzilla versus Kong expecting to be the, there to be like heavy themes about the human condition and shit. Right. I just want to watch the big lizard slap the big monkey. And that's why I have a problem with these movies because they spend so much time. Away from the fucking monsters. But when they are with the monsters, it's cool. it's good shit. It's it's like ten out of ten shit. It's like ten out of ten shit with like four out of ten shit. So it kind of evens out to like a six out of ten. 
most of the time. But we'll see. Um, we'll talk about that next week. But I guess that, I think that uh, wraps the show up for uh, for us today. Kyle, you want to tell the people where they can find us? Yeah, they can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Shakedown. And they can follow me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd at Kyle Craigbaum. That's K-R-I-E-G-H. B-A-U-M. And you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Fatman99 and on Letterboxd at Jordan Dennis. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next week. Ciao.